Hello, Poggers, and welcome to another episode of The Pog State. We are so incredibly close to the finals. Only two more best of fives do remain. And now it is time for the finals version of The Pog State. And the best of fives we've had so far have been incredible. Our new format has been super cool. Lower brackets, stuff like this, certainly has been awesome. Some of the series have been better than some of the others. And we're going to begin today by having a bit of a chat about what has uh, happened thus far, the journeys that our teams have been on, and uh, which teams have fallen by the wayside in the process. So, uh, gentlemen, we're going to have to do it at some point. Uh, we have to talk about KT versus <laughs> Live Sandbox. I don't, I, don't, I, don't know. Right. I don't know if we really need to talk about Valdez it. Valdez can start we first because he, he wants to get yes. it out of the way. We have to do every best of five that was played. It's and this the one, first one on the list right this here. This one was yeah. one of the best of fives that was played. Yeah. It was you and I, right? We just meant use the word <laughs> best. We were casting it's an this. all five. Yeah. I meant metaphorically. Okay. We, we, we don't need to give too much attention to it. Okay, well, KT Rollster have this uh, issue where sometimes, you know, even though they are a great team, uh, when they are playing up against a weaker team, they decide, well, we're not going to play at our best. We were going to draft crazy things, and Huni was trying to give them a lot of credit by saying, hey, they're just practicing stuff. You know, it's Live Sandbox. They think they're much better than them. And it turns out they were. They were. Um, didn't have to be a 3-1. Probably could have been a 3-0. We saw Urgot and all sorts of weird shenanigans. And that's pretty much all I remember from the series. There I think I be. blanked out the rest of it because <laughs> I wasn't very happy with the play. Not from Live Sandbox and definitely not from KT because I thought, okay, now this just means that KT is not going to be good in playoffs. Turns out they were. And that we their form know on the that. day was just really bad. We might need to have like a thing that comes up that says, like, what Huni said... And what Huni really means <laughs> um, on the right what side. What did he mean by that? And uh, like, I watched that that series where I was desking that day with Atlas because you guys were casting it, mm. and I remember watching the series just thinking from the lens of I believe I even predicted KT three zero. I just knew okay, KT is going to win this. Same. I looked at the series yeah, yeah. not as like will KT win, but how will they win and how dominant will they look? And I think they disappointed in that regard. Like we saw some cool drafts from them. But they didn't actually push their macro leads. They were ahead in basically every game, but didn't actually force early barons like we've seen our top teams like Genji and T1 do. So it was very concerning. Uh, I think when we were watching that series going, oh, like this team looks a little bit lost with their advantages. They are the better team. But it's going to be an issue when T1 picks them is, is what I was thinking from the lens of what was happening in that series. Um, and we'll talk about what happened with that later. But I was like, after that series, I thought... 100% T1 picks them. I thought before the series, T1's going to pick them. But after that series, I was like, doesn't matter what happens to the other series. T1 is picking this team for sure. Yeah, that's that's the, the really the only thing that needs to be said about that series is that it made KT look like they should be picked <laughs> by T1. <laughs> that's, it was that's my actually, game. <laughs> that, that, that's actually the main takeaway. Uh, Sandbox, we knew they were really going to struggle. I think they're the only team where we didn't even consider the potential in our previous episode of them having a run. And that was very justified. Uh, they had like the one mm. game where, where they kind of flipped uh, flipped heads on, on, I think it was Closure doing really well. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, yeah, there just wasn't that much to say. Like KT didn't look great, but Sandbox were very clearly worse. It was like uh, Afrika slash Kwangdong last year, I think, or maybe the year before, where it was like very clear gap between the team that makes six, even with Breon, I think this kind of applied, yeah. uh, and, and then the teams above it. 
Yeah, I would agree. So uh, I, the, the one thing that I remember is honestly the drive-by Fear Beyond Death. That was, that was that's great. All I that's remember. a highlight moment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so me and Valdez on the same page. <laughs> yeah. We're like, oh, that was, the only thing? that was cute when, when Bertle was like, carried the Urgot so that he got a double fear onto the bottom laners. And that's about, like, it's, it does kind of sum up how that series went, you know? It was like a dominant KT 3-1 um, and a bit of a meme at the same time. And so... We can now move on to our second best of five. And, uh, this one, there's a lot to say, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, this, this is actually the one where all of our writing on whiteboards just got obliterated. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had the beautiful whiteboard from last time. We were setting up exactly who we were thinking was going to go uh, where in the playoffs. And this is where it all fell apart. Um, so Hummer Life Esports got the upset over D+. And the, the thing that I don't like about this series is the fact that now that Hummer Life have been eliminated from the playoffs, what have we learned? Like, what, what is it? What does it mean? Like, D-plus D just wasn't good at all. And, 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 and we can talk about their form at the end of the split. Uh, and obviously some credit will have to be given from Hummer Life. But seeing how Hummer Life performed both against Gen.G and against KT today... That's, I think, the only conclusion you can draw. I think that series alone doesn't really tell us that much. But when taken into consideration, uh, and this is something that I think uh, you and me mostly from the top mat, I don't know how Wolf and and Feldus felt, but we were like, D-plus can maybe get some stuff done, Um, even though their last two weeks were bad. And then it turned out, no, their last two weeks were very indicative of how the team was going to play. Yeah, they were against Genji and T1 in their final week, right? Yeah. Um, But even the week before that i think they were like so so or maybe the week before that they were uh they were better um regardless like the form that they showed individually uh was just they got leads and then nothing happened ever yeah i didn't hate their series against t1 but i thought okay this we we do have to talk about like the fact that they did have that incredibly hard week Normally, you would be like, well, we can forgive them. Like, it's the beginning of or the end of like round one or something like that. But yeah, it's right before playoffs. And these are teams that you will face in playoffs. So, you know, we did have to like really look at the lens of like, okay, well, you potentially will face one of these teams at least, potentially both, if you're going to make the run all the way to the end. Right. And the Gen G series was the more telling one for me, where I was like, okay, this didn't look good. The T1 series, I thought they looked better. Gen G series, not so much. And, you know, I've been saying it all season long. Like, I thought that Deft and the team haven't operated as well when they don't have bot side control. There was a little bit of that in that series against HLE, but I think that it was mostly just D-plus weren't all on the same page. Their team fighting was really poor, and Honda Life Esports have great team fighting, especially when they could front to back. And Damwon, or rather D-plus, kind of play around pick-based comps where they have, like, Kana on Renekton, or they have the Cassante engaged mm-hmm. with Kana, and they pull somebody out of a fight, and then they win a 5v4. When they had to go toe-to-toe with Honda Life Esports... Even though, in Atlas and I's opinion, because we cast it, we're like, these are great drafts for D+. Like, they absolutely can win this. They've got lane prior. They have all the right win conditions. They fought into, like, a Yasuo with, before the comp was online, and they just constantly took bad fights, and it was very bizarre. Uh, it was just really, oh. like, their their brains were turned I off. I remember that game. I just, just like, as, as a, as a, a, as a cold sweat. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the game one where they The dragon. Fought, yeah, the dragon fight. Oh. That was actually... That that was to me like the brutal moment, right? That's the most iconic moment of that series. Yeah. Where it's the fir- I think it was the first game and had a pretty good draft. First game, first round. And had like a decent early early setup, and then they literally just punted like what two or three kills into Viper's mm-hmm. area, mm-hmm. and then that was that was the game. I think that was the series ender. 
Yeah. Yeah. It really does feel like it was a big mental battle for DK, right? Like Humble Life Esports were coming into it as the underdogs. They are great at just sitting back and kind of relaxing. And sometimes that gets the better of them. Like in the early game, they fall behind. But in this case against DK, DK were like scrambling after a really bad week, came in, kind of threw the first fight horribly. Like their mental must have been all over the place. And I think after that, even though on paper they were the better team and they did get one win and Showmaker tried very hard to carry on LeBlanc and stuff like that. Just didn't matter because Hamalife, I think, uh, were the better prepared and less tiltable team on that day. Yeah, I feel like um, DK have been suffering a little bit from over expectation. I think that's something that Canyon and Showmaker have been struggling with for a really long time. But you add Def to that as well, um, who has struggled with this in the past. Um, I think it was it was pretty sad seeing how susceptible to emotional damage um the team was and hopefully they can use the the time off before summer to get things back together but it just yeah it wasn't it it was also the best time where it performed yeah zeka was still in that series that yeah, was that he was, was. Cool. Uh, he, he turned up for that one he also turned up i think zeka turned up for like a couple of games in uh the gen g series um and then never made it back um uh, one thing I do think, and this is similar to how I feel about Hanwha, is that the one thing this playoffs does show me is that I can see D plus be a good team in summer. Like, not necessarily a competitor, but it feels like their issues are very solvable if they can figure out if the meta fi- fits them right. Like, we still see They're the all parts. good enough players. We exactly. Know that. And yeah. I think that uh, Hanwha, especially having seen their whole journey, kind of give me the same feeling. Although there, uh, I think there's a little bit more. It's a little bit more individual performance that we might need to talk about. Uh, yeah. But I'm gonna. I'm we gonna will get that to that series, now. unfortunately. For, uh, we will get to that series. Um, that will happen. A lot of foreshadowing. Yes, indeed. Um, but we get to talk about a fun one um, because the next specified that we had was the telecom war, which was dope. Yeah. It was a big old banger. But uh, getting a little bit of he- ahead of ourselves because there was one last thing I wanted to mention and to head towards the T1 side of the matchup because obviously, you know, T1 have been doing very well here in the playoffs, dropping three games so far against, uh, you know, a couple against KT and then one against G, but looking like the better team. Um, having that air of inevitability, I think, remaining pretty strong um, for T1, in my opinion. Um, but... Faker has looked extraordinary. Yeah. He's been blowing my mind. Like, we've been celebrating his uh, 10-year anniversary of his debut for a really long time. And, man, how does he just keep getting better? (laughs) Like, it's dumb. Like, so much of our experience talking about League of Legends pro players is that there's often that cutoff, right? Where you get too old. You know, we've had a lot of players that have retired saying things like, oh, I'm just too old for this now. I'm just don't, I don't, I'm not able to do it. You know, greats like, you know, Marta, Score, Ambition, blah, blah, blah. So many. Gorilla. But Faker just keeps going and keeps like making these incredible plays. And you're like, well, are you a robot? Like what is going on here? He trusts his team. I think he trusts this roster so much that, like, he will make big plays because he knows his team's going to follow up on it. And it allows him to do things that are almost impossible or are unthinkable or seem risky and, and almost sometimes, like, inting or, or stupid. Like crazy, like, yeah. Yeah, and you're like, what? He can't be there. But the rest of his team is, is there to help him out. And then he turns what looks like Faker is caught into T1 get three kills in a turret yeah. um, and stuff like that. And some of his engages, his Lissandra, for example, his Gragas, he will just throw his life away 
to win the game because his team is going to back him up every time. The communication is so crisp on this roster from the Guma Varus like smites, which you see all the time. Like this team has stolen so many objectives with this. Mm. Obviously go back to the world's finals. Like it was there too. Um, This is just not a coincidence. Like this team is just so well prepared for these types of moments. And Faker has all of the information, like more information than any player or caster or analyst has like ever. He has all of that in his head, and he can convey it quickly to a young roster that's got the fast hands to make the plays happen after he just, you know, claws in with a flash and sets up for a ring of frost. Like, that's not the hard part, you know? It's, yeah. it's, it's just knowing that that's the moment. That's the hard part. Like, the hands part of that, like, I'm not saying Faker doesn't have hands, by the way. That's another topic, but I think he definitely still has hands. But, like, what he is doing is he is the brain, and, like, he's the, the shot caller, and he's making these insane plays, and the team just doesn't disappoint. When he does it, I think it's pretty interesting that you know over the last couple of years, Faker on the same or similar roster, um, he was always like the brains. We always called him the brains and stuff, and he was like always telling the kids what to do. He's very consistent, right? But he wasn't really making these super flashy, like crazy engaged plays that he's making this time. So I feel like that's kind of an interesting evolution from last year, where it's it was starting at the end of last year, obviously going into World Finals and stuff, and and Worlds. But like now, like you were saying, Wolf, now it's like okay he feels unlocked. Like he feels like he can give a hundred percent trust rather than like 80% trust. So that's why he's making all of these crazy plays because he knows they're going to happen. Like he was always capable of it, but now it's happening more often and he's getting all these POGs because he's doing crazy engages that basically nobody does. And maybe he needs to do less communication now as well, just because he's been playing yeah. with this I, roster for so long. Yeah, I actually do think it's also testament to, and this also, of course, is never very cut and dry, but the testament to the value of playing together with the same roster for a longer amount of time. Another example, actually, I'd argue, is uh, 2021 Gen G, because that team individually had like a couple of moments where they didn't look that great mm. and, and had been together for a while, right? And then that world run that they made was so far beyond what was expected from them. And I think this current T1 roster is that, but then uh, everyone's way better. <laughs> so it's just kind of unfair. <laughs> um, and and uh, I, I want to talk about Genji as well, but the only thing I wanted to add to T1 as well is that uh, Guma, to me, has yeah, been a standout. I uh, really have to mention his consistency uh, and the amount of work he's able to do in... Uh, I, I'm going to shout at the late game team fights because I feel like that's where it's the most important and where he has shown the most. But even the laning phase has been, I think... A pretty big step up. Um, although I still feel great about my Viper first uh, <laughs> after today's. I think the biggest thing that hel- helped me realize that Guma is really stepping above and beyond now is the fact that in the past I was always like, "Wow, Karia did this amazing thing," or "Karia did that amazing thing" in the laning phase and outside of it in terms of like helping Guma. But now it feels like Guma's kind of taking the reins. Yeah. You know, Karia is still playing Thresh, but he's not. You know, he's still making some cool plays and stuff, but he's not really the standout highlight guy it's like oh it's guma now which is in my mind is just mind-boggling because in the past however many years whoever's playing with Karia, just because Karia is Karia, um it's just really impressive to see that now guma and you know faker i'd say are, are now outshining Karia. which is yeah. crazy to me <laughs> there's there's like a few moments in this meadow now we've gotten to the point where like it is just instead of like, okay, we have Lucian versus Azari. So like there's one AD carry who's going to get some tempo or Draven to get some tempo versus the scaling uh, champ. Now we have a lot more like Zeri versus Aya or Aphelios versus Zeri or Aphelios versus Aya. Handshaking in slow games. And in those moments, you actually have the power as an AD carry 
to make the clutch play and just instantly kill the other AD carry. And Guma has done that so many times. We'll just flash forward and, and make sure that AD carry can't pop off. Like, he'll kill the Zeri really quickly in a team fight. And sometimes he'll die for it, but often he'll live. But he's just super decisive. Like, he does not wait, and he will see blood in the water and absolutely take down the enemy AD carry super early. Almost playing these champs like they're assassins. Um, and just do his burst, gale force in, kill somebody, and then he's like, fight's over. We won. I killed them. And everyone piles onto me, but it doesn't matter. Now we front to back, and the fight's over. That kind of play that we're seeing from him, his decisiveness and how quickly he reacts yeah. is something that like I feel like no other AD carry is really doing that. I think Viper has a few times, but no one's doing it as consistently in team fights as Guma. I think Guma. the player that used to do it really well was Ruler, actually. And unfortunately, yeah. We, yeah. we kind of lost him. Uh, we did lose him uh, to LPL for now, but... Um Guma's kind of fulfilling that role now as like the most clutch AD carry. So he's kind of like gotten his identity now on this roster of crazy beasts, which is really cool. No, it's super sad. Vipers out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do yeah. want to mention like I think Guma is the player that I trust the most to play on hit Varus as well. Mm. And I that's actually like talking about Ruler. Ruler was the only other guy. Like Remember watching Ruler. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> that watching one Ruler, Ash highlight. Oh my god. Watching Ruler kite. Was like, I mean, yeah. that feels good. And the same can be said for uh, some of the games that uh, that that Gumiushi has been playing. He's just been absolutely amazing. And I think in their series against Gen G, he had to step up, right? Because Pays yeah. is super good, but Guma was just better. He made the series kind of like about eighty carry gap, yeah. <laughs> which is. Uh, not always that common nowadays. Yeah, it's a difficult thing. Anyway, we uh, should probably move on because we will be talking about um, T1 again because we'll have to mention the Gen G series. But we'll mention another Gen G series first as they were able to take down Hummer Life Esports. Um, this, this series made me sad, guys. Um, sad and frustrated. Yeah. And not happy. No, because this was the series where we found out that Hummer Life Esports aren't actually that good. And D plus just weren't that good. So, <laughs> so, so <laughs> on the day, on the I, day. I, I, I do I do also think that Genji have a really good matchup into Humble Life, specifically because and it's it's one of the reasons as well as we get into the Genji versus KT discussion later. I think Genji is extremely focused playing towards the bot side of the map, and I think that if Humble their bot side falls behind, they don't play the game. Mm -hmm. So you have a, a mid lane matchup that is very obviously Chovy favored. Especially with Zekka's form, but even outside of that, I feel like Chovy is still very dependable in lane. Um, and then Pina can just camp bot, and uh, obviously Life uh, was also not having the best playoffs of his life. So I think that Genji always will have a good matchup, but it also kind of cemented that Homo Life individually were not. It just it was like a tier time. list gap, yeah. and I, I think Genji yeah. didn't even really have to show anything. I don't even think that's no. the best play we've seen out of Genji. They oh, were just uh, like. No. Let's see how much we could uh, do with, like, how well we can play without showing anything and really, like, revealing our hands or our drafts or anything. That was just kind of like, we got the real matchup coming up against T1, so we'll just take this one pretty easy, pretty slow, and just, it was a, a tierless gap uh, across the top side of the map, um, and I think that made the series pretty easy to play for Genji, and like many of our three ones we've talked about so far, like all of them now, um, so far in our discussion about the bracket, it was kind of a series you don't really think about that much. It made Genji look, you know, fine, but you knew like they didn't really show their best. It made you worried about HLE because you're like, you know, yeah. now you're in the losers bracket. You've got KT. If you beat KT, you probably have a rematch against Genji. Like it seemed pretty doomed for HLE after that series. Uh, what I got from it was that uh, 
HLE, you flip a coin on the day, and sometimes. But it's it's definitely you see a, some some gooder stuff, and sometimes you don't. It's definitely a loaded coin, though. Um, oh yeah, as in, as yeah, in, yeah, It's yeah. not a 50 it's weighted. 50. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's more weighted details. <laughs> just generally but it's it's like if it does come up heads then that team i mean if you've got viper on your team like the the win conditions like you have an advantage it's just just not it's just a bit sad that they're unable to it is because it's not that hard you just have to not be actively a detriment to your team and play for viper (laughs) don't in let viper carry well yeah kind of and that just didn't happen at all and then as mentioned, I think Genji is uh, very good at playing towards the bot side. They've been doing it for like two years, and they got a bot side downgrade, but still gets the job done. Yeah, there is like the stylistic factor of the fact yeah. that they just play the same. Yeah, and they don't have to change their strategy at all. No. And Doran and King are kind of the same player? Yeah. Yeah, t- like bookmark this because this will be a conversation yeah. we have a, a little bit later I, on, actually. Yeah, because yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think it's a good lead into T1 Genji because that series was a lot more interesting than this. Because this one kind of yeah. solidified what we already knew. Yeah. So let's move on to where Genji went after that, after beating uh, HLE with a 3-1. Uh, they then face against T- T1 here. So this series, I was kind of like, I was hoping for another really close one because we sort of saw this as a possible precursor for what the final is going to look like. And yes, I know T1 versus Genji finals. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Um, this time around, of course, T1 more looking like the favorites or rather than last year where Genji were coming in so hot. Um, also, it's going to be KT, so it's, well, it's okay. Well, this is the thing. We'll get to that in a minute. I think going into this, <laughs> going into this okay. series... I think a lot of a lot of us. I know um, Mao, you and I still think that Genji probably the team um, to be going through. Um, although I'm not sure after that last series. But Genji playing through the bottom side into T1 did not work one little bit. And I think what I found from this series, the T1 versus Genji, is that T1's just the best team in the world. <laughs> That's what I, I think that the series before it, the Genji versus Hamalife Esports one, really solidified that even though Genji didn't have to show a lot, they also did show a lot of comfort of, okay, we're just going to put Paze on a hyper carry, and he's going to carry, and we can just play around him. So T1 were like, we're not going to let you get Zeri, uh, first of all. Um, I think they came in with a very solid plan. Um, they just took Jace a lot as well, took it away, and um, played around the top side, and they... You know, they got ahead of the bottom side because Paze wasn't on comfort, and it just ended up being much easier for T1, I think, in that facet because they actually did learn a decent amount from what Genji had to show in the series against Sama Life. Even though it wasn't a lot, I think it was enough comfort that they showed. It, it felt like T1 came in very prepared, very respectful against Genji, and they just kind of clapped him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, was, uh, I was worried after the T1 KT series that... Um, that T1 would have like kind of remember what happened to Sandbox where they beat Nongshim but they didn't really because they beat them but then after that the descent started and they lost to Kwangdong and um, yeah that team was never going to make a deep playoffs run but I do think that that really shook them T1 did the opposite where they took that loss and like okay we'll clean it up and then they look way better mm. uh, they really took the, uh, the the experience of playing versus KT I also think that Genji uh, particularly the support and top gap was very apparent i think that pace didn't look amazing but i think his team fighting was still 
yeah. as good as, as it needed to be. Uh, I think Chovy played incredible. No notes on Chovy, really trying his darndest. Mm -hmm. um, but with both Doran and Delight underperforming, also playing versus Ace and Carrier, so like, to what extent is it underperforming versus... It's also Delight hasn't really played a lot of playoffs, right? Like he made playoffs last year with, mm -hmm. uh, with Brurion, and that was about it. So I think that that also plays a small part. Um, but that's not enough to win against T1. Everyone needs to be firing on all cylinders, and I don't really see that uh, happening. Even yeah. if we do get a rematch of that in the finals. Yeah. When I, when I was casting that series with Valdez, like, the, the biggest standouts for me were, like, before that series, I told everyone, like, I don't know, I have this weird feeling, like, maybe Genji could win. I think that feeling came from the fact that, as Chronicler said, that win against KT felt like it was really concerning. And I was like, before that series starts, but you're either going to have a T1 that was just like, oh, it was an off day, don't worry, we'll just keep doing our thing. And I think that T1 loses to Genji, or a T1 that goes, okay, this is actually where we hunker down, prepare really well, prepare some specific drafting for Genji, respect this team a lot, and come into this best of five like it's the finals. And they did, and they won. Yeah. And yeah. things like Guma's play, like we talked about Guma stepping up big, and I think he did in that KT series. But I think he really stepped up in this Genji series. Not that mm -hmm. like he was it was required, but his positioning, his play, his failure, it's just insane. Like you can't yeah. you can't kill this guy. You can't find him. You can't get in the back line. His spacing is so good for these team fights. It's just crazy. Um, the things that he did, like he we're like, oh yeah, pays like maybe rookie of the year like it's he's on track like most kills of the rookie split like this guy looks really good definitely Guma's like year, the what yeah. about the veteran <laughs> yeah still still well so far so far <laughs> yeah. there's still the rest R of the Guma just shows me he's like well I, i'm the veteran actually now like i am way better than you like it's it's time to show who the master is because his performance like he he gapped him pretty hard it's not like pays play badly but guma just played way better it was insane and when they just took zero away from every time it was very apparent that genji didn't have that much else in the in the tank in terms of drafting to beat T1 in, in later games. Yeah, it was a little bit of a worry. I think that like what took away from Pace was Delight's underperformance. I actually thought that that was a bit surprising. Um, that yeah. Delight was... Because Delight, to me, was a player that, even when he was on Breon, was showing a lot of promise. Like, this guy was laning with Henna and still looking good, which I think is... Pretty impressive, yeah, given what Hannah up, used to look. Glow up yeah, as well. and you know the glow up only got them to like what eighth or seventh, right? So yeah. he's he looks better now, but there's still like that shows that for delight to be seen as being uh, a pretty good support, like that's pretty a pretty big accolade. Um, but yeah, this was not the series. We're going to need to see better from him if they're going to challenge KT um, in our lower bracket final, which is going to be an exciting one. Uh, ooh poor choice of words there atlas but it's fine <laughs> i think that um you weren't referring to any team in, in particular no i wasn't I yeah wasn't. i was just saying that you know life in general is just going to be exciting yeah. um and that's fine. that's super cool um yeah now i'm completely lost and don't know where i am um we're talking we're, about we're t1 at, versus yeah, we're talking about t1 versus genji and the uh so delight underperforming makes pays look worse as well because it means that like delight's presence in lane hasn't been as good like their 2v2 just looked off like this is the team that like started the hit level six on zeri leona and just kill you yeah just strategy like they and they did that like twice in a row they made d plus look silly um by doing it into them so like we had a lot of high hopes and i think that that was the biggest disappointment for me um in that series and i think that took away from because i think wolf and i were a bit in agreement about the well maybe like genji could do it um, but as soon as that the bot lane situation happened, 
that was when it was difficult. And maybe it's just to, due to the fact that like Guma had stepped up so much in this series because this is where like he had his on-hit Varus domination and was just like kiting everyone. Like you go back and watch those team fights, like he stacks his rage blade and just never stops autoing. It's insane. Yeah, <laughs> like the, his movement's so uh, good. Lethal tempo is uh and I, I think it's hard for Gen G when you can't play around the bot side, you know. And I think T1 yeah. came into that. They did it in pick ban, and they also did it in the game in terms of, like, neutralizing pace, shutting down the light, making him not look good. And I'll be the f maybe not the first person to say it, but I think that owner is currently in much, uh, I was gonna, much oh, better form. I was going to talk about that, it. <laughs> much better talk form about than Peanut. That. Like, Peanut is, is serviceable. I don't think he, you know... Sometimes Twitch chat likes to get excited, but and he has had some, a couple of moments here and there, and and he's good. But I think Owner is is fantastic. So uh, the way that Owner was able to, and it's not always fair because you know whenever you're talking about junglers, you do need to talk about the lanes that he does gank for and the ones that he plays around, and if they're drafting for Prio in order to allow your jungler to do some of the stuff. And uh, generally, I think T1, you know, comes back to having that synergy, that camaraderie, the greatly prepared drafts and stuff to allow him to have the, as much success that he is having. So um, I think that was a big difference maker as well, even if it wasn't as apparent. You well, know, I think we were talking things. a lot about some of the, like, individual performances of guys like Guma, stuff that was more surprising rather than, like, the consistent yeah. outplaying from Owner over Peanut in that series. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the point, right? Like, the only one who didn't do that well for T1 was Zeus, and that's just compared to his usual form. It's not like he was bad by any means. He was just not Carrier as good as I think Carrier as well. Like, I actually think that we've been singing the praises of yeah. Zeus and Carrier. They have been clearly the best in their role all season long, but it's the other three in the playoffs that have been the standouts for T1, yeah. and it's just super cool for it's, this team. It's just not fair. It's also, and this is a, an issue we've seen with many of our teams, like, when they're really on form, like, how is owner still continually able to get Sejuani? It's because you need to ban, like, 15 other things. Yeah. Right? Like, that. That I think it, it just eventually reached critical mass where, like, every lane's winning. And because of every lane winning, you get to do way more. And you get to... And T1 are just... Um, are, are just... Yeah, they're just so good. And this series kind of solidified. I don't expect that rematch... If it does end up coming, I don't expect it to look any different. I also don't think the KTT1 match will look that different. Like... Ooh. I'm I'm actually of the belief that like those two series have kind of solidified for me that T1 is definitely, definitely winning the split. Which would make an upset even that much more exciting. <laughs> it would. Yay! <laughs> it would. Yeah. Um, I, I I think it's actually really really cool because now we have uh, I believe no we haven't spoken about yeah, the match KT that we had actually, today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he tried to sneak it. <laughs> past I tried us. to get past it, didn't I? Um, well, KT won. It was great. Cool. Okay. Um, moving on. No, we are. I think we'll we'll have um, to say goodbye to Humble Life Esports here. Do we have? Uh, we do. Is it dangerous? We can say goodbye to Viper. Oh yeah, that's true. I mean, he was the only one that showed up, so we should probably just say goodbye to him because the others yeah. weren't here. I mean, Clid, Clid really. I'll, I'll, I'll address it. You know, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll talk. The, about the it. elephant is looming. Clid, Clid had, I think, some really high highs this season, right? Like, even I, I was in the, the even in the series, yeah, he wasn't the liability. His, his first most two games were great. Yeah, the, the Clid Demption thing like that i i guess i kind of willed into existence felt really nice when we were like cresting the end of the first round robin and being like all right well I, some huge improvement has been made this guy looks really good and then at the end of the season it was a little bit more hit and miss but in that final game 
uh, he he was not there. Um, like he he really made some critical errors before objectives, um, ulting into BDD to essentially. I have no idea what he was trying to do there. Like we were talking about it, like because I wasn't working this this show day, but I was with with Huni and crew, and we were like, maybe he was thinking that like he could actually turn this fight around that way, and like maybe there's a follow up. But he died there before the soul fight. He died before Elder by himself. Like and, and yeah, it was vault breaking over that I, so, wall with no flash blew my mind. Yeah, I d- actually that one know. I have no idea. So the first one actually, when I looked at the replay, I think maybe the idea was so he ults in right because he, I, I thought at first he wanted to try and get through the case. That wasn't the case. So maybe the plan was to he ults in with Zillion ult on top of him and Viper tried to follow. So maybe Viper also goes over the wall, but Viper got caught on like the last. 0.2 seconds of a cage. It's tricky, that that's, cage. It yeah, lasts that's, for longer than you yeah. think. Well, I mean... It's like eight seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, like, and, and, and that's... Like, the other play, I have no idea. Uh, and I'm not trying to make... But that's like... I, I, that maybe that was it. That doesn't really excuse it. And it doesn't really address the uh, other issue. So, yeah. So, what I was going to say is, like, that. We, 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 now we've yeah. addressed that. Yeah. That was not really the main issue no. in oh. this series. <laughs> it, was, it was not. Good wrap up, Wolf. It's, it's, the one, it's the one that people will talk about because it's the one that happened at the end and it was the most egregious thing that happened. It was like when Peanut... It was missed. the most obvious one. Yeah, yeah. exactly. When the Peanut, Peanut made that mistake against uh, Kwangdong and everyone's like, well, that was... Peanut lost in the series. I'm like, yeah, but there were some other serious issues in that best of three, right? Um, it yeah, got to there, game three in the first place. There were problems with Hanwell Life's team fighting. There were problems with the lane setups. There were problems with Zekka. And Zekka really had a, a uh. very weak series. And, like, we went from, okay, he's not good at control mages, but it's it's okay if he's on, like, assassins that are AP and melee champions. And now I'm like, so the AP <laughs> assassins were not good with that one either. It's just only the melee champions. Oh, the melee champion's not getting lame. Probably he's not having control. He's not skirmish well. The melee's are running out of things. Uh, it's yeah. it, it was not a great series for him, which is really sad because usually it's he and King and who pop off and show up in really high pressure situations. This is the highest pressure situation they've been in since they beat D plus. Like you lose this, you're out, and they just they were practically invisible. It was only Viper doing anything at any point in time. Yeah, I, I felt pretty bad for Zeka because he was getting a lot of blame, and for a good reason. He didn't have a great series. Um, but you are playing into BDD that's on 100% form. He's also playing probably his best champion right now, which is Vagar. Um, and you're not supposed to die to Vagar the way that he did, but I think that once he started oh, getting bodied, yeah. I think mentally he was just out of it. And like they're like, okay, we're going to put you on to comfort. Let's give you Yone. And then he gets spanked even harder on Yone and it's like well now I can't even play like my best champ maybe so what does he do he plays Tristana blind and it works he got prio <laughs> yeah that's all works. that's all Viper like, needed I, I was push, a little bit I of mid prio I push lane and I try to ignore my opponents and maybe I'll survive so maybe is that like the next step after giving you pure comfort and you know I think it was just too much and then you get to game four and it's like well my Other f- things were going on, so there was what a can Reddit comment. I felt pretty bad for him. Yeah, there was a Reddit comment that really uh, solidified. I was like, "Man, bold choice to make Zeka play Melfi." That was actually very, very good. But I'm, I'm glad you highlighted Valdus because I do think that uh, obviously, like, it was a bad series. But it's also important to remember that you're in an extremely high stakes situation. And your first game, like you make like two mistakes in lane and against a player as good as BDD, that just means that. And then the one where he uh, 
the game's done. Distorted into the cage yep. that was yeah. forming. Like you can see that. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, I'm gonna go and look for poke, and then he just dies. That he was zero and four on LeBlanc that, that game. Would that's so rare. That would me so yeah. much if I did that in a Soluka game that was close and like in my promos. Imagine, and then this, this guy's playing in like his last big playoff match that is gonna yeah. either kick him out, and he's got this much pressure. Like imagine that. Yeah, normally you I, can I'd like so step away from your computer after that. You know, yeah. you're like, well, yeah, I'm definitely can't. gonna lose that's my game next one. My, my next promo <laughs> game, so I'm gonna step away. You're not allowed to do that if you're in Zach. And he position. has not been upset by like losses like this really ever in, in important best of fives across his career. This is one of those first series where you're like, yeah. is he tilted or is BDD just that good? And I'm kind of leaning towards BDD is just that good, right, in a lot of ways. Because like the Yone game, he wasn't going to get lane prio, but the rest of the game was kind of falling apart around him. Obviously, the LeBlanc game... Some small mistakes into Vagar. The Vagar really messed up the entire team comp there for for HLE. Um, I think BDD is insane right now. I think he. I agree. I think he might be the best lean uh, mid laner we have in the LCK. I think he's better than Chovy. I'm going to say the crazy thing. Woo, I think his laning more. and his prio setups are are better than Chovy's right now. And he outplayed Chovy last time they met up against each other in the lane. His Vagar is crazy. He's going to get Pryo with Talia. He's just going to play... Please no more Talia. I mean, he will get lane Pryo with it, okay? Like, he will get lane Pryo with it, as you often do. Please, But maybe he shouldn't play it um, in the next series, but BD's insane right now, his form. It's crazy. And so, like, we could forgive some of Zekka's play because he's playing against, in my opinion, the best early game mid player we have in the LCK right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, like, part of the overarching feeling of, like, let's give this guy a little bit of credit because he is going into maybe one of the best mid laners in the world right now and he had a really rough game one so like yeah it whether it's nerves whether it's tilt whether it's just playing against a really awesome guy like i find it hard hard to blame him specifically and it's also coming off that gragas game as well in the series which beforehand, was, which was just mm-hmm. probably the worst gragas performance that we've seen in the lck it was just not good. It was like like in any six thousand damage or something, maybe even less. Yes, yeah. it, it was a rough one. Yeah, and yeah. like that that one play, like that was where like Zeka mental boomed. Was that one play we over s- the raptor wall? Like we <sighs> saw one. his oh, mental explode. Yeah. Oh, don't remind me about that one. I forgot about that. So yeah, on the flip side, on the plus side, to to send them off happily, Viper is obviously amazing. He's super good. Yeah, yeah. Viper, uh, we talked about him so much today as well because it was like kind of the only thing to talk about positive from him, but also because yeah. it was just that good, like mm-hmm. taking single handedly uh, control of a lot of the games, uh, even though it wasn't enough. And I actually do think we saw good King in here today. Uh, I actually think he did show up. Mm-hmm. Obviously, when he uh, got. Blind picks and and keen kind of keen on him. I think you can't hold it against <laughs> anyone because even Zayus, right? Like that's how good he is right Keen's now. Keen's gonna keen, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the the top, of course, the top rise Gragas counter pick comes <laughs> out and completely completely dunks on you. Um, but I do think that King N, uh, King N is like a player that after that series, I'm like, if Hanwa become good down the line, like he is going to do exactly what he did today, which is just be a great frontliner, right? Like his Orn, uh, his Gragas as well. It's what he does. I think he will keep doing that well. Um, but yeah, Clid, yeah. Life, and uh, and Zekar. We wanted one of KT or Hama Life Esports to be good, and thankfully one of them is because these were these were like we got one. Yeah, right. But like <laughs> these were the two teams where it's like, oh, this combination of players could be good. Didn't know, you know, like 
We didn't know whether they'd actually like figure themselves out, but KT absolutely has. And that is going to segue beautifully into talking about what has not yet happened. Oh. And that is Genji versus KT. The more I've sat here, right? Like I I've, I've have already predicted that I expect Genji to be the better team. The more I sit here, the more we talk about it. I'm like, it's impossible for Genji to win this series. What? <laughs> really? Like, yeah. No. Seriously? So, all right. So I, I've been on the KT uh, push for finals for a while, right? Like, I didn't think that it was going to happen necessarily the way it's happened. But I was like, oh, it could happen, right? Like, after the T1 KT series, I'm like, all right. I've been predicting like three zeros for KT. I've been, I've been pushing hard because I think this team has a really high ceiling. and They play very well. So... The reason why I think they'll beat Genji actually is because remember going back to the Genji HLE series, we're like, oh, I just got tier list uh, diffed, right? Mm-hmm. On basically all the lands except bot. And so you can't carry with a Viper alone when Pays is almost as good. Now, this time, you have a much bigger gap between Pays and Aiming. I think Pays is way better than Aiming. But the further we go up the rift, I'm like, okay, well, I think BD is better than Chovy. I think that's probably the most controversial thing I'm going to say. I think he's better than Chovy right now in the early game. I think Cuz is better than Peanut. I think 100% Keen is better than Doran. And I look at this and I go, what has KT been doing in all of their games? Getting lane prio. BD always has lane prio. Keen always has lane prio. Aiming, he's, tr- he's scaling. It's well, he okay. gets lane prio with Vagar, which yeah, is not gets, supposed to happen. It's yeah, not it's supposed illegal. to happen, but he's, he's making it happen. And then you have Cuz, who then has insane power around the map because they always have mid prio. They usually have top prio. And I'm like, is Peanut going to be able to solve this? Peanut usually has a lot more agency in these games. His pathing is incredible. He punishes a lot of top laners. Like, Peanut plays around topside more than most junglers because he's like, I got Doran up here. Doran's going to pull him towards the turret. I'm going to punish. I'm going to make a sick play. I'm going to path in a way they can't see me. I don't think you'll do that against Cuz. I don't think you're going to find that angle. And the more I think about it, I'm like, yeah, unless we go to late game where every time Pace is just comfortably sitting on, like, two kills and he's got three items, four items, you get to 35 minutes plus, like, I, and I think KT's team fighting is great too. Maybe they have an edge, Genji do, because I think Pays is better. But in terms of how the early to mid goes, I don't see Genji getting leads in any of these games unless Pays is on Zeri. And I think Zeri will not be played a single game in the Specify because we banned every single game. My my thing is is I keep going back to the Genji KT series that we saw, and like KT's dissection of everything that Genji wanted to do in that series was just gorgeous, like. The the twist way of fate games. the twist of fate the twist of fate into a Kali situation which will not be uh, repeated necessarily like that was a gorgeous use of the map to play against exactly what Genji wants to do and I think after today's series against Hummer Life Esports I don't think that aiming is necessarily I don't think he's as good as Pays I think Pays is performing better but I also think that it doesn't matter because I think that KT are really good at saying that they don't really care that much about the bottom lane and they win through topside and through Cuz being able to just find the angles that he needs to in order to get them the early game that they need. And I just think that Keen is so much better than Doran. The more I think about it, the more I think that top lane is actually... It has developed across this season to be a, a much more pivotal role for the winning of a game than it was at the beginning. Remember at the beginning where like, well, top lane, completely irrelevant. They come into the game at 20 minutes and they hope their team hasn't entered the game away. But now I feel like there is so much more um, to being a top laner. And I also thought that Doran was pretty good at nullifying. But now I also think that that doesn't matter because Keen started playing tanks and started playing tanks well. 
So now I'm like, well, it's uh Keen can play anything. That's a scary thing. Doran's yeah. champion pool used to be like quite wide, I felt like in the past. Where you'd be like, oh, okay, like it's an Aatrox game for Doran. You're like, this doesn't necessarily make sense, but Doran will make it work here. But a lot of the champions that Doran has like in his back pocket aren't really relevant right now. So like is he gonna play Akshan in this best of five? Don't think so. Hope not. But uh, I hope not. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just feel like Keen Maybe has the three. widest champion pool out of any player in the LCK right now. Like Zayas, maybe he has more that he hasn't shown because he's been just playing like blind Nar every game. But I think Keen has proven this guy's got champion Ocean. Yeah, the, they, we should let really the uh, Genji yeah, but, believers yeah, now, talk. Now yeah, I'm not going to speak yeah. before Mal does. Are you? you why? <laughs> no, 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 you, no, I, you know, because otherwise it's going to be the three of us kind of. Yeah, I, I'm more in the middle. I, you know, I don't mind. I'm kind of. No, well, no, I want you to speak. Okay, yeah, well, yeah. then I'll speak first. So uh, there, there is a couple of things. First and foremost, uh, top lane is doomed. Do agree with that one. There's no salvage <laughs> okay, in that. Good. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going not gonna to argue that. Um, I do think that Doran had a bad series and I don't against T1. I don't think it'll be that bad, but I do think that Keen will be better. Um, but I also think that actually we saw today that uh, I think KT look their best when they are playing with Keen on a carry. And I don't think that they're going to do that every single draft because we saw today as well. Like I think in tank versus tank matchups, the gap will not matter because I do think Doran will do a good job in that in that case. And it will require a shift from Genji because they've been extremely, extremely proactive with just R4-ing Nar or Kassante or Renekton for Doran. But if they pivot away from that and they're willing to expand the draft resources, I think the keen issue can be mitigated. Not solved, but mitigated because we will see that generally... Uh, KT will then pick or uh, pick Cyan or pick Nalphite and pick something where there is space available. Um, then the jungle matchup, I actually do agree. I think because uh, I've been singing the praises of Cuz, I think that he is better than Peanut. Um, but I do think that I still prefer the two v two of Chovy and Peanut over Cuz and uh, and BDD. And that's I think really the crux is I think that Chovy's series against T1 was incredibly good. And I still think that Chovy is um, bar faker, the most reliable player that you can have to ensure that you don't always lose mid lane prior. I don't think BDD will get mid lane prior with Vega or Talia uh, into Chovy. I don't see that happening. And I do think that taking that into account, Katie's bot lane, um, I think really struggled today. And, and obviously it's into Viper, but it's Viper, it's the 3v3 to me that matters, right? And it's Viper and La uh, Viper is amazing, but Cos and La or uh, Clid and Life are not. And yeah. still, we saw that KT really struggled. And it's partially because they play into it because Lahans roams a lot, right? But I think that Genji have, to me, I have the confidence in Genji to, through mid and jungle, be able to punish it when KT is going to overinvest on the other side of the map. Um, and I think if Genji is able to get pace in a leading position, that KT will have a really hard time. And I expect Genji to be able to do that, but the crux is mid. Because if you do think BDD is better, which I think is a I fair think, thing yeah, to say. I, I think I should quantify it saying that I think BDD's laning is better. I yeah, think sure. Chobi has been more clutch in team fights. I think Chobi has been like Faker. I think the comparison you made earlier, like what he's going to do for you in a late game team fight, has been mo slightly more reliable. I wouldn't say like yeah. massively more reliable, but more reliable than BDD in the late game. And yeah, if but you haven't been following, it's so funny that you say that. I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, yeah, of course. but like, just to highlight... The fact that we're talking about BDD being a better laner than Chovy when 
All we've said for three years is that Chovy is well, the best laner in the world. I, and I think he still can be, but he just chooses not to be. Because yeah. I think that he is clearly shifting his playstyle. And I think that the, uh, the the game that him and... I don't remember which series it was, but him and Peanut on Vi and Ari, um, where they just completely ran the... I think it was the Home of Life series, but I'm not 100% sure. It was also against Zeka, so that'll be a lot easier. But the crux for me is that if you trust in BDD, I think that KT is the only prediction that makes sense because if you don't emit prio pays and the light are not going to be able to bully aiming and lands enough even though i think aiming is like the clear weak point um i don't think the light and pays are like going to be able to do that in the 2v2 and then um like top side as, as mentioned i think you're going to definitely lose so you need to win bot and if chovy wins which i expect will happen then i expect genji to pull out ahead yeah i think we need to see delight step up Sure, yeah. I mean, Doran also can't play as poorly, but the same for aiming, right? Like, aiming, getting... I think aiming can play the same way. I, I think I aiming think... had, like... He had some moments, but he also... But Zekka was isn't trophy. kind of fine. Like, if you give Pace a couple of kills like Viper got in this game, like, BDD isn't going to run over Chovy by any means. So then the fat AD care will have admit later. I have a lot to say about aiming, but I want Valdis to, to talk <laughs> yeah. first. Because I feel like we're all just kind of like waiting to hear what he yeah, has to say. I was, yeah, I was just gathering information like a sponge. Yeah. Um, sponge. I take a lot from how these two teams played against T1 because honestly, like if you're just kind of beating Hamalife Esports, which both of these teams, Genji and KT, are much better than Hamalife Esports in my mind. And I think you'll take liberties in draft, even if you're not noticing it, which I totally agree. I think like BDD's not really going to just be able to blind Vagar or just like play it into anything and just get away with it. You know, Genji and Chovy and Peanut should be able to punish that a lot more. Um, so one thing I will say, though, is that I think KT handled the, the stress of the situation as a team and also the understanding and like the preparation for a big match like T1 a lot better than I think Gen G did against T1. Um, maybe T1 was the better team against Gen G. That's also possible. But um, I was just really impressed that KT almost took it over the line and they almost won a best of five. Like they were ahead in game five against T1. So uh, in my mind, like everything they were doing in the drafts and like their confidence and even under so much pressure, they were still nearly able to take a best of five against T1 is a really good sign. Um, you guys have covered a lot of like the individual stuff in terms of the lanes, and so I'm not going to get too much into it. But um, I will say that Pays and Delight, you know, they struggled against T1 in the first match. They struggled against T1 in this uh, playoff match as well, like going from beginning of spring all the way to now. And it doesn't get any easier. Like maybe you can say, oh, they're not going to be as nervous against like aiming and Lahens, but I would just say that. I think when it comes to a finals that's also going to be on stage in Jamshir in a massive stadium, um, I think the guys on KT will just be able to handle that pressure a lot more than Pays and and Delight and even Peanut. Like it's weird to say, but I don't know. To me, like Cuz has only been thriving um, in the under the pressure of you know some of these big matches compared to peanut who's kind of been throwing under the pressure of these big matches or in pressure situations in big games against Guangdong freaks so when it comes to the straight up 5v5 and as the two teams going head to head like i have a lot more faith that kt will handle the pressure and i think they're just better at preparing for some of these series like i think that um they can have Keen carrying the top side. They can have BDD carrying the mid lane. But also, I think 
you know, Aiming's going to come in very prepared alongside Alahens for the bottom lane, and they can kind of neutralize Pays and Delight. Um, at the same time, Pays and Delight, maybe they uh, they kind of take from this series against uh, Homolife or or against T1, and they're like, you know, we gotta we gotta support these guys better. We gotta find like a new way to draft for Pays because. Like I said earlier, like Genji, they revealed a lot. They're like, we're just going to pick Zeri, and Pace he's is not going to play Zeri this, this year. Yeah, he's not going to get to play <laughs> Zeri, so I think they have to come in here with a new strategy and take down KT. So all these things, like I'm kind of middling because I do agree, like Chovy and Peanut might just be able to step up and two v two and outplay them, but I am leaning KT slightly, so I'm probably going to go for like three two in There's... my prediction. I really like the point you made about the preparation for both these teams in the bottom lane because I think there's three picks for these two players. Um, two picks for aiming, one pick for pays that we haven't seen in playoffs at all that are kind of like their specialty picks. For aiming, it's the Ezreal, right, first mm -hmm. of all, and the Kaisa. These are two picks I think could come out in this best of five if they prepare a dive comp for the Kaisa pick for aiming. He is insane on this pick because I think people kind of forgot just because the meta has been so far away from that for so long that it's like, Oh, he just scales. Like, that's what he does. Like, he's, he's like a worse version of Viper. He's a worse version of Pays. But he can pull, pull out the Kaisa. And if KT start drafting like that and get into Genji's heads, like, that's a huge angle. Like, Lehens loves playing with Kaisa in the lane. Like, he played with Ruler, right? He, he's going to love it. So I think that's something that could come out in the series that KT might be hiding. Um, the Ezreal, we saw so many Ezreal Karma lanes for KT in the early part of the season. There's been some significant nerfs to Karma, so maybe we won't see that necessarily, that combo. But I think Aiming's Ezreal is super strong because this is a meta where you got to avoid, like, Malphite ults and stuff like that. And I think he's being a super mobile AD carry could be a huge thing that they pull out in this series. And then for Pays, I think there's some dive comps that they could play with his Jin. I actually not would not be surprised if Pays actually plays Jin in this best of five. These are the series that you're going to go down to the wire in as both of these teams, and you will be tested in your champion pool, the AD carries in particular, because that's where all the bands are going right now. No Varus, no Lucian, you know, no uh, Zeri. These are these are taken away every time. Um, Draven, I think, likely to be banned. I don't want to see Aiming play Draven. I think that's not his strong suit. I think that's not a pick that he's really going to excel on. But I, I really think that if you have a kind of trick up your sleeve here, this is where you're going to be forced to show it. And unfortunately, T1 is, is watching, right? So I, I I don't even want to see either of these players play Lucian. They both kind of suck. Yeah. Just let it go. Especially Aiming, Matt. I really don't. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean... I, I think they they both should just shy away from I think yeah. that's okay. We're just yeah. seeing a lot of weirdness in the bottom lane of, like, everything's getting choked out, like we had you said. So it's well. like, I guess we just have to play Zyra Khan every game. And Aphelios <laughs> maybe, like, is a huge yeah. thing, too. Aphelios Thresh, I mean, maybe. Do you think they'll maybe? ban Aphelios into pace? Yeah. I think they'll mostly play Zyra. And it really, like, stretches you down to, like, one or two picks. Like Wolf was saying, like, maybe they are forced to pick something like that because they just don't get to play Zaya or like maybe a Rakan band comes out on blue and then it's like, what are you going to do now? You know, you can't play Zaya Rakan. We're going to first pick Zeri if it's open. Not saying it will be, but maybe like Varus is left open instead. Is Callista like, Renata lane happens. Wait, yeah, like, <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? Like, and so the, the meta is going to be very interesting. I think that aiming and Lehens are, are, they don't necessarily have champion oceans, although Lehens plays Blitzcrank. Um, but I think they are more experienced and they have, ways to like play through that and not get too pressured by it or too stressed by it like what if the coach is like all right pays you got to pull out your gin for this game or like you got to pull out your your uh your kaisa like i hope you can play kaisa 
Are they going to be able to handle that? I don't know. I also think that um, Genji have been getting Delight his Rakan, and every single time it comes out, we're like, he's on his Rakan. It's his best pick. He's so good at this. And these are like the things we say as casters because they are true. But then over the last like two, three, four times he's played it, it's like, no. well, this was supposed to be yeah. his best pick. So what's going on with this guy? So off day maybe well, i don't know but I'm, like I, yeah. yeah i actually maybe. think that the delight is as i mentioned before um i think pays from what i've seen thus far i do think he has some stress but it does feel like he's mostly impervious and 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 i think delight that's just not the case at all delight looks like i think pays there's moments where you're like oh you can see he's nervous but for the light it's like oh you're really Really yeah, like for Pays right pressure. before he has to do the interview, you're like, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to win. I meant have to go on stage. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, That's shit. the real reason. That they would the never tell you. That's yeah. actually. I lost because I was nervous. too stressed about the interview. Yeah. I entered. No, I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> we lost because I wanted to throw so I didn't get POG, but yeah. I only wanted to throw a little bit so we could still win the game. Uh, yeah. That's um, why I died in mid. That's why I was backing there. I just didn't want to get POG. <laughs> Yeah. How about how about this for a theory? And uh, I think the the bottom lane is going to be really pivotal, but I don't think that that's where the game's going to be decided. I kind of feel like if Wolf's theory about BDD being better than Trovi is true, I think that decides it. Yeah, of course. I, I feel like it's just mid lane. Like if BDD can command how the lane goes, then I think that KT just win. Yeah. And if Trovi just is Trovi, and we've seen like things that. Chovy have has done to BDD in the past that have not been very nice. Like, if that comes back wasn't, and wasn't happens it, again, um, wasn't it that game where Chovy played the Yone syndrome? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was um, yeah. that was the biggest clapping. I, we I think that's going to happen. But, but I don't think match, that though. will ever happen. Think yeah. about all the times that BDD has beaten Chovy in these important <laughs> series, though, in playoffs across time. Like, this is one of the strongest rosters that Chovy's ever been on, right? Obviously, so there's a bit of a difference there, but. Like, BD, I'd love to actually see the official number, and we definitely will when we talk about this matchup, but I feel like BD definitely has the winning record and has a lot of experience playing against Trophy in these best-of-fives. The storyline for the mid-matchup is is super sick because it's also BDD's old team that he's playing against. We could, you know, skip the little Nongshim part that happened in between, but, uh, I mean, there there is a lot going on in this series. I think it is definitely going to be a close one. I think it's going to be super sick. Um, one of the things I want to talk about outside of the game itself is that when uh, Valdez and I cast the T1 Telecom War for the uh, the upper bracket part where you know T1 picked KT. Yep, round two. The crowd was overwhelmingly T1, but I felt like the KT part, which maybe like 25 percent, <laughs> because obviously there's just so many T1 fans, hard to get tickets. But that KT part of the crowd felt like it was deafening <laughs> when they were hyped for the wins because. It has just been so long since this team has been to a finals venue. I think the KT fans are going to show up big, and they are going to be extremely happy to cheer for their team in a huge venue like this. And if the crowd goes against Genji here as well, because all these KT fans are like showing up for the first time in five years since I've been able to go to this really incredible match, that can get into your head a little bit. It feels like for KT, there's almost nothing to lose. This is like their best performance in so long. Whereas yeah. for Genji, you're like, oh, we better win this. Like, we better go to the finals. Like, everyone's expecting us to go to this finals. I think overall, people are expecting Genji to win, even if we've kind of, as a casting team, overall leaned slightly to KT here. Uh, I think there's so much more to lose and so much more fear and stress and pressure on Genji than there is on KT. I'm, I'm really worried. It's just, I, I want this to be a really good series, but like, now that you're saying, I'm like, what if it's just a free zero either way? 
Like, yeah. It's oh, just, that's, it's like no, one of that, the, no, that no, means, don't say it's it. like, no, but, but <laughs> the, final, we need to, the final's more, more interesting, no, right? No, finals, like, finals also free zero. So, uh, I actually, <laughs> I actually, if wanna, this is a three zero, doesn't, doesn't matter who makes it. Like, I, I think the semis might be, I really hope that, that neither, cause that's what I'm, I'm not saying it's going to happen. Cause I think that actually after last year, Gen G does earn some, uh, does, does deserve some faith, right? Like they were at summer, uh, in summer finals, they completely boomed t1 and that was with a meta that worked very well for them which helped them out and a lot with the ruler and ruler uh, and yeah, hands, yeah. sure but <laughs> I, I, I yeah well yeah but like um and and it might be a pace and light like i mentioned uh booming but the top side i think will not collapse um well you know what uh let's 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 skip past it but <laughs> well, more but more, Chovy won't yeah. collapse yeah, Chovy won't collapse. You there that's you go you thank yeah, you yeah. but more importantly um i really hope that it's not a free zero because if either it will be so unsatisfactory I feel like uh, yeah. for either. I, if it's KT that free zeros, I'd be okay with it because it'd be a really new, cool storyline. Um, but I hope that doesn't happen. I don't you think know, it's going to be a 3 two, zero. I don't I think, think it's going to be a 3, three, three either, two. but it, it could be, and that scares me. really close. You know what's interesting thinking about this too? Like uh, The more I think about it, the more I'm like, I, I, I can't vote for Gen G here. Like, there's just too many variables that like, go KT's way. We have seen Doran choke in these important series too many times, and I can't think of a time I've seen Keen choke ever like oh, ever no. now last year he uh, overall like if he's if he's actually just kind of like mediocre like it was last year like if he plays oh, mediocrely no. is over that a choke his, over yeah. his career I'm, kane has just had some moments i you know but has he had been, the moments that doran has had like but in like, terms not of chokes and big like, important this moments year, this year kane hasn't had that but like there were even some times like kane kane would just have that like the brain fade where he's like oh i shouldn't be here and dies, you know, and like that game's over. Like he has had those less this year, but I don't think that we can say that Kane hasn't had the, the Camille, the, the Camille game that we all remember. Like that, that was mm -hmm. one that like the hook shot, the hook yeah. shot incident. Yeah. We've yeah. talked about it right here at this table, like at, at extensive yeah. length, but maybe I just have some sort of like weird bias around the fact that when Doran choked, it was like so imprinted in my memory, like how like he lost a game and then the rest of the series was like not actually in the game like it was he was gone it felt like and i have not had the same feelings about keen obviously keen has been on africa for so long that like africa wasn't playing these like really big series they weren't going to semifinals so maybe that's why it stands out to me more because of the moments where doran did fall off were in these incredible moments in front of a giant crowd and everything is super high pressure yeah i think there's there's actually something to that though because the feeling that I get isn't necessarily like a, a, a faith in whether a player is going to throw or not. But I think that Kane can make a winning situation himself. And I don't think Doran can. I think Doran needs the yeah, team to be there to do but anything. But that's, that's ever. his job in the team as well. Like the teams function completely differently because Doran doesn't. Like, I, but I think like winning your lane is something that should be celebrated, right? And I yeah, think that yeah. that's something that Kane does and Doran doesn't do. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I'd say, like, if, if we were talking, like, rock, paper, scissors, I feel like Doran is rock and Kane is scissors, right? But Kane is also, like, a rock-shaped scissors now because he can play tanks really well. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, if if actually Doran was playing at his peak and Kane was, like, 2022 Kane, I'd be like, oh, this is a terrible matchup for Kane. Like, he can't break through Doran, and Doran plays super well defensively, and he, he's going to actually be able to play, just sit up there and play Malphite, sit up there and play Scion, sit up there and play Orn. doesn't matter, Tank Gragas, and, like, Kane won't be able to break through that, and this is really bad for um, KT. 
But now that we know Keen has, first of all, punished tanks incredibly well, but also can play tanks himself, you know, that's the, I mean, that's the extra the angle. He the Gwen game today, where he got a counter matchup and then just kind of... Oh, the, scissors, the scissors angle, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that was the... <laughs> oh, that, oh yeah. God, that's amazing. Yeah. We'll cry into well, that it's one. actually just Malphite um, and Gwen like, yeah. at the same time. Like, that's what he is. He's <laughs> Malphite like, holding Gwen's weapon. I actually... Like, I don't know how to do this. I think the more we, we go down to it, it actually is just like, which mid laner do you think is better? Because Seriously, right? It, no, it actually, it actually just is because it's... I, I, I'm also thinking... If if KT get Keen a counter matchup, that's re draft resources that BDD doesn't get. Mm -hmm. So then, can Chovy punish that? Yes or no? That depends on, right? Like how good the players are. Jay Z will have side selection. Yeah, they'll start blue. <laughs> um, Just want to get that out there. Yeah. So they'll have that extra time on. So that's side. that's a great game. Five, that's for good for a five gamer because I think if Gen yeah. G win game one, we can go to five. I think, I think that if they KT lose game have one, had a lot of answers yeah. for red side. Uh, more True. than any other team, and I think yeah. their their extremely strong solo laners are the reason, uh, alongside of their great drafting. But I think the great great drafting also comes from the ability of these players to play those champions. Yeah, which of course. A, a lot of times, like players are like, "No, I'm just going to play Cassante. Sorry, like this is going to be what I play." So we don't I think call it great drafting, yeah. right? Because it's just you know we see the same guy playing Cassante or something basic all the time, whereas Keen is like actively counterpicking and punishing, which is not a lot of team what a lot of players can do. And I think that BDD can do it, but won't do it as much. And I think that is a good angle if you are a Gen G fan or if you are a guy who thinks Gen G is going to win. All the times KT are on red side, it's going to be much more difficult to take advantage of Gen G compared to a team like Home Life Esports, right? Yeah, like, because, yeah. Because, because the the solo lanes in mid specifically will match up much more closely. Like you're not just going to be able to play Vagar into or like Ari into Yone and just get like a, a couple of ganks and totally boom them. Like maybe Tovi plays Yone and he booms you somehow. Like yeah. that could happen. Or Peanut comes in with the Vi and then there's like some angles there. So there's going to be a lot of very interesting draft points for KT specifically where they're like. Do we get the counter matchup for Keen, or is he just playing Malphite this time? Do we have to put him on the tank because we need counterpick for BDD to play well into Chovy? I think Genji's drafting overall has been way better than KT's all year. Like, I think that is hmm. not a strong point for KT, but they're still winning even with poor drafting, oftentimes, I think, for KT. Because they just draft around Pryo, we're like, oh, are they going to team fight well? Who knows? This draft has serious holes in it, right? Where we're like, okay, can aiming even get to the point where you could survive here? Because... You drafted two losing lanes you know, in the early part of the season. Now they're drafting a lot for Pryo, but, like, do they scale well? Like, what's going to happen with this comp? It doesn't work together that well. Um, but I also think that their adaptation in best of threes, in particular, like, best of fives, we've seen some adaptation in this playoffs. But in best of threes, KT's adaptation wasn't as good as Genji's. But they just won anyways against Genji both times. So I think if, if the drafting for KT, if they fall into a trap, or they can't adapt. Like that's one way Genji just wins outright. I think uh, potentially in the series. I think it's 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 really interesting because I think you're right that uh, the majority of the time Genji does draft um, a bit better than KT. But KT have had probably the best drafts. Like my favorite drafts. The less consistent, but the higher highs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> I, they, I feel they that sort of flat yeah. line down here, but mm. like sometimes you get twisted. Fate. You know, yeah, the like, twisted yeah. the twisted fate into a Kali complete demolition of Genji is like so stuck in my brain. And I think that's like causing a bit of the same. Sure, bias. no, I, I think like, you're right though. I, I for think me, you're right. like 
Like the, some of the best drafting at, at like these weird speci- specific niche picks yeah. because both yeah. their soul laners have champion oceans where yeah. like, the like I'm playing Urgot, that's the angle, and they're like, <laughs> okay, and they trust him and he does it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the actually, rise pick today was like that's another so one really of those guys, right? Like really smart, identifying exactly what they could have done better. Like they win game one, but they're like, how do we win it gooder in game two? And then they do it by identifying exactly like what they needed extra, and like that's beautiful. It's 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 so interesting um, because there's also the Cassidin blind, in, which I haven't done in a long time, <laughs> yeah. right? But like that's that's why I think you're saying what you're saying because yeah, like yeah, there's yeah. also those yeah. moments where yeah. like at the same time though, if putting they, aiming on Lucian repeatedly yeah. when he has not been doing well and what, stuff like this, where I'm like, what if, is if going we get on? out of draft and KT have a like GX TF Kaisak composition, like I think they win 100 percent of the time because I do think that there are mm. they're like. Very similar to what RNG used to be very good at, not anymore because they lost Jiaohu, which, yay, maybe we can win MSI now. <laughs> um, which is kind of throwing off teams that I do think Genji is a team that will generally rely on team fighting by catching the mid rotation, like setting up really good flanks and backline dives and whatnot. Um, but barring those specific situations, it, it, uh, the only lane that matters is mid lane. And like I'm, I'm just. <laughs> it all I keep, comes back. I keep going back to it because you know how you win bot lane as well, which is mm-hmm. is I is like I think Brown. a really big loss <laughs> loss condition for KT because that is when they've looked bad. It's when aiming dies like three times in lane and the enemy AD carry like pops off. And it's usually like duo kills where he yeah. just like dies. Oh yeah, and and, yeah. and and that that that's where like a lot of the KT games were like the top half can't and it's it's not really fair because aiming also gets very few resources with the roaming but like let's say bot lane loses so hard that top lane or top side can't carry that's like a big loss condition but also genji i don't think is ever going to win through top so they also need to win bot lane yeah. and to do that yeah, yeah. they need mid. so it's just it's just <laughs> mid lane just mid. And you know what cuz is aggressive style invading a lot you know how you do that Mid lane, Mid lane priority. priority. You know what Peanut With can Vigar. Peanut Peanut can dive people. You know what he needs for that? <laughs> mid, mid lane prio. It's just mid lane. Well, and that means that it has to be drafted around as well because it's not necessarily oh, yeah, like the best player gets prio. It's the picks no, that the, dictate the matchup it a lot is too of the close. time. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I do think both of these teams have very distinct draft styles. Yeah. Like Genji drafting for a lot of CC, a lot of team fighting and scaling AD carries, whereas KT just lane prio like try try to get ahead that's what they do they and then go that. through that um but when it comes to like the head-to-head kt have shown they have a lot more like as huni calls them joker picks like pocket picks right where they are going to play the tf they're going to play the rise and i think Genji's style is a little bit more figured out right it's a little like maybe one week more outdated not not to say that like drafting for prio is a new idea i'm just trying to say like in terms of the exact champions that they're picking like okay well we play cassante and zeri every game um that's what genji were doing like two three weeks ago as well whereas kt are like okay now you have to think about rise now you have to think about ergot now you have to think about bdd just playing vegar because he can against anything that's not supposed to be okay so i think there are a lot more wild cards in these drafts for kt because of the way their drafting styles match up and do you know what i've decided I've decided that I'm, I'm, I almost don't mind. I think it's more interesting to have a new finals. Yeah. T1 versus KT, I think, is more fun because it's new. But if we send T1 and Gen G to MSI, awesome. Psyched about it. T1, we send KT? T1, KT? Real psyched about that. Yeah. And then we get to watch the final again. 
Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah. Another best and, uh, of five. You know, I think that whichever makes it Genji or KT, they're going to be great second seats. <laughs> exactly. Hey, whoever yeah, makes because it... like we don't need to we don't need to talk about the final, by the way, guys, because T1 wins, and you can see here it's on the page. Listen, um, they beat these two teams. I can before. promise you guys one thing, okay? Uh -huh. and, and hold me to it. All right. <laughs> I will Do not it read internet. the YouTube comments. Uh, not, not that, but I can promise you guys in the grand finals we'll get at least three games of League of Legends. Guaranteed. Nice. I promise. That's Whoa. pretty brave. Wolf. I don't know. And I think that, like, that's a lot. There's a whole crowd there that could be long games, even. So it could, <laughs> could be, like, be. high value, actually. So yeah. I, I'd say at we least show three. up. It could be four or five. <laughs> it could be. You guys Do you know what? get a bonus. Do you know what I also <laughs> think we'll get? We'll get this, like, really cool pre-show and yeah. intro segment that's going to be so yeah, cool. Yeah, cool video. Yeah. Um, Okay, so, so good casters. <laughs> yeah. oh, uh, well, at least three casters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll be three of them. Will they be good? Will they be bad? We don't know. But it's, well, it'll be at least three. two deskers as well. <laughs> well. Actually, it's even more than that. There'll be six casters, and we can guarantee that they'll be good. Because Sankei and Kazuchika are both right. amazing. Yeah. Cloud Templar is uh, the, he's amazing. Thank too. you, Atlas. You yeah. saved it. That you got the angle. Yeah. Yeah. He's got also, great at least one translator. Yeah. <laughs> we get a G-Sun? Yeah. That's a big win. Guaranteed G-Sun. So, and the reason why is I actually think sorry, that. Uh, no, no, I thought it was great. Um, the, the way that T1 bounced back after the KT series to me just further solidified like they're the best, right? Like if if they yeah. had looked worse after the. the uh, T1 KT series, I'd be like, Maybe but I KT think KT were just that good. Well, no, I I think KT are really good, but I also do think that if if T1 picks Genji or T1 picks KT, that says something. That T uh, KT then brings them to what looked like a defeat, and they barely claw it back. I don't think KT will be able to free to them again in finals. If it ends up being KT, which I think makes complete sense, because I do think that the semis will be very close. I think KT have a better chance. Uh, oh yeah, I'd say yeah. so. But I, I, it's I don't know if that's the difference between a 3-0 and a 3-1 yeah. or a better-looking 3-0 compared to the other 3-0, which oh, is no, more I do of a agree. stomp. Yeah. Um, but I think that KT will look slightly better. Than I'd agree. We, yeah. we don't talk about T1 in a negative light basically ever this, this season so far because they have looked almost perfect at all times. The one angle for KT, and this is why I think KT has a better chance than Genji, is that Zayas has looked a little bit off. Yeah. I, and I mean, like like 10% off and there have been some questionable engages from some questionable moments in lane and maybe Keen is actually totally on form just like we saw in that series with uh, with T1 and KT like maybe that's the angle because Keen getting four kills in that game was because Zayas was once again blinded into this NAR pick and he's like I'm just going to take one for the team because I never lose lane and you guys are going to get the other prio picks and Keen punished him and Keen's been the only player who's been able to do that so yeah. that's my angle for like maybe KT takes a game or two We'll see. I'm not going to predict like the score or anything for finals until we actually see what Three happens zero. in the losers final. But I'm brave. I, I I do agree with you guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm, not, I, I'm not ready yet. I'm not I'm, ready I'm, yet. I'm, okay. like, I can see the fact sure. that it was a three-two and a three-one against the two possible. Yeah. Like so obviously with it's less be pressure. So I think that it'll be closer. Three uh, to one I'm, and a half. I'm I'm yeah. Uh, I I'm I'm actually I, I'm with you guys. I think Genji will end up in finals, but I do think KT has a much better shot for the same reason that you were saying. Um, yeah, it's like matchup specific. Like match Genji yeah. over KT stylistically works out, and then KT into T1 stylistically think, I think they works do better, out better for Specifically KT. just because of Keen. I don't think anything else, because I think the bot lane matchup is still very heavily T1 favorite, obviously. Mm. Um, mid lane matchup goes without saying. It um, also feels like 
Pays and Delight have looked most nervous against T1. Absolutely. So yeah, they look worse if, as well. If there's anything, like, even though Aiming and Delight, or Aiming and Lens didn't look great today against Homolife Esports. Um, Lens was, yeah. I, I still think that they'll be at least calmer against yeah. uh, T1. No, you know? I, so I think that's also a thing to mention because Pays and Delight, I don't know what it is, but maybe it's just the T1 effect. Maybe, maybe it's just a big the match, effect. match, you know. Yeah. Yeah, flashbacks. You don't yeah. really ever know what's going on. Maybe they just had a bad day. Maybe it wasn't nervous at all. Um, yeah, we don't really... Uh, it's I just agree. us, you know, <clears throat> trying yeah. to guess. So, Because, like, yeah. Wolf brought it up. Like, uh, Zayas didn't look so good in their last series. I thought Carrier also had a bit of a rough time. It was like... it's it's He looked it's, uncomfortable, which yeah. is something yeah. we'd never say. It was weird, right? And I don't think that we see that again. I think it was like a... It was a weird situation People that have happened. have days, right? But, I mean, if... If that's like actually more of a, a thing that's actually real instead of just being a one day thing, then maybe there's an angle there. But I, I think it, if it's like T1 firing at all cylinders, then I like that's why we saw a five game series between T1 and KT, and we saw a four game series T1 and Genji, but we're still predicting three zeros. Like, cause that's what I feel like needs to be explained because, like, yeah. If if I'm just like a layman that's come in to watch some Pog State, like what's this cool show? Let's learn about Korean League of Legends. Um, it's very if, specific if, if you're a layman. <laughs> if that happens, right? I'm like, but I just had a look at what happened in the past. You guys are idiots. Why are you predicting a three zero? You already you've already seen that if it's KT, it's five games, and if it's Genji, it's four. It's also T1 who have been together at the same roster on a final stage. Yeah. I and mean, that's what I think. It's probably going to be one guy in the YouTube comments that's like, "But they lost to DRX in World Finals." But they lost to Genji last summer. Yeah, yeah. They, oh, still made, zero, they still made zero. They still made. This is their fifth final in a row. Yeah, like so get I, out I of think here. There's some. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's a lot patience. of stuff going to T1. You know. And this was round two. It was very I guarantee early on you there will be at least 10 players on the rift. <laughs> <laughs> Wolf <laughs> keeps swinging these promises. <laughs> Damn, I'll cash all these in. KT's oh. a great team. Genji's you bet a great hair team. On that? <laughs> but I think T1 proved in two best of fives that they were a better team. Maybe even in certain moments, much better team. So yeah. when it comes to a grand finals where I think they'll even have more of a gap in terms of like... Little things like uh, grand final stage, you know, comfort levels, roster stuff, you know, et cetera. I think they'll have even more of an edge compared to the best of fives we saw earlier in the playoffs. There's a lot of cool stuff that happens storyline wise if any of the like any of the three champions happen, right? So like if T one wins, right, it's like, okay, another title for Faker on his ten year anniversary, going into MSI, maybe T one's actually gonna win an international event with this with this roster. They look to be the best, blah blah blah. All the basic, like, cool storylines there. Genji back-to-back wins against T1 is super cool, even though they were the underdog, super Only hype. Faker predicted them. Mm-hmm. And then for KT, like, there's the most I mean, there's a million things for right? KT, right? Yeah. But, like, yeah. no matter what happens, it's super hype. Um, and I, I think that even though I myself have... I wouldn't say I've grown tired of what I've... Come, a little bit. I've been, I've been quite accustomed to T1 Genji <laughs> finals now. I would like to experience something new. Hey, and yeah. so, like, I, I'm hoping that it's we see something new. Zone. But you know what? what? I think no matter what, it's going to be great. We that's only what had I'm trying to say. for a year. We had dumb one finals before that. That's true. Yeah. True. And then the year before, no, wait, what was spring 2020? Was it, there was a T1 Genji as well? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll be. Yeah, and then that was, summer. That was the, dumb, that, wasn't that the, the Genji Mega Glow season? 2020? Yeah. Where they randomly just won? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and then they, I think they then, 
Um, oh, the, the final in spring was a, a, a disaster. I don't. Yeah, know. it's 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 remarkable that like Zayas and Carrie can have the games that they did, uh, and and we'd be like, oh man, they're looking worse it's just because their normal form is just dumb. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Particularly with Zayas, like this is something. But the fact that, that the rest of the players step are, up so much, yeah, like, of course, that's what makes me. You know, um, I, you can't predict against this. Team. No, and uh, but what really, really gets me, and this is something that um, I think in in Zeus's case most notably, and this happens with top laner a lot. I think Doran also, even though he's way worse, has this happen a lot, where they will get no resources in draft ever from a team. They'll like get solo killed a bunch of times, and the rest of the team is winning, and they're like, "What is this player doing?" Mm. Um, and it just, it just always, it just always, it just always, I never get an answer. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it just, it just always, it just always gets me because, um, and I think that top lane is suffering this most because top lane counterpick matters the most in the game. Hmm. Uh, and, and then you just sit there and they just still win the game. As I think Zeus's Silas game was a really good example. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe this is a segue to internet toxicity and why it's bad and why you shouldn't do it. <laughs> why it really gets uh, to me. It's not good. Don't do it. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 bad to be a jerk, um, but no, it's okay. Uh, I don't think we need to have the internet toxicity uh, conversation, mainly because I don't think we can fix it. So, yes, we can. We can be good role models, Atlas. So I think we are good we role are models. Good That's role the whole models. point of Challengers, man. Yeah. The, the Challengers League remember exists for the four not, of us to teach people not to be nine. Precisely, yeah. <laughs> remember not two episodes ago where we were like only positive stuff and then we just <laughs> yeah. continued to shit on teams <laughs> yeah. for like an hour straight. Yeah, I remember that. I, I remember, remember that. when I Great said yeah. I wasn't going to read the comments and I read some of the comments. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Stay positive, gang. Come on. <laughs> we still, we'll always have Challengers. Yeah. And if you feel like... Challengers actually is. No, th- this is the thing. So like if you ever feel like the world has become too negative that you're having these experiences where your favorite player is not being treated with the you know the respect that you want him treated with and all Be this sort of stuff toxic back that's right tell him what's no, good no <laughs> no not even as a joke wolf come on i need to see some good quote retweets and i need to see some really sick comebacks i think the comeback game is pretty weak right don't now don't burn don't do it come what on don't listen to wolf is we've got Challenger playoffs that's happening sorry, all everyone. this week as well. And so if you need some positivity, that's where you can come. Because if you're negative, get you get banned yeah. by us yeah. immediately. <laughs> and if, it, like, if it's Chronicler, then you're let off a little bit easy. Sometimes. If it's me, I ban Hammer you. Valdus, insta ban. Yeah, I like to talk about my bans when it happens. Like, Valdez just doesn't care. If you say something He's a terminator. Naughty, like, he will just destroy you and not yeah. even blink. He just doesn't care about He's it. He's a silent so killer. Say, Valdez actually it. bans people in the middle of play-by-play casting. <laughs> <laughs> you might have thought Valdez hiccuped that one time, but it was actually just him going and banning yeah. three people. He's like, I need to deal with this right now. <laughs> yeah. I have a job so to do. Yeah, you gotta get it's like, I'm alive, T1. I'm going to let you finish, but I just need to <laughs> ban the heck out Forrest, of this Forrest, calm down a little bit, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I need to ban this nerd. <laughs> Oh, that's beautiful. So we have completely digressed. And I think we've also been here for quite some time. So I think we can wrap this one up. Thankfully, we will be back for an MSI episode. Um, I hope you guys have enjoyed the Pog State this year. We have absolutely loved making it for you guys. And I hope that you enjoy both the uh, lower bracket final as well as the grand final immediately afterwards. Uh, So thank you so much for watching. And uh, stay classy. See you next time.